Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Ranch Show on AM 770 KTTH streaming on the KTTH smartphone app on this hour brought to you by American Water Damage Restoration. Carjackers are targeting random drivers in the Puget Sound area and one victim has a terrifying message. You could be next. And that is what's trending. What's trending? Crime. We first brought you a story about a week ago about this trend, an alarming trend, where apparently carjackers are purposefully causing minor car accidents, fender benders. And when they do that, you pull over, they pull over behind you, and all of a sudden, a whole bunch of people get out of the car, they've got masks on, they pull out a gun or two, and they take your car by force. This has happened at least 10 times in the last few weeks. From Covington and Kent to Maple Valley and Seattle. So it's obviously hitting the King County area. Now, I presume that it's the same individuals responsible for each and every one of these attempted carjackings. Some have been successful, others have not. There was one that was terrifyingly close to being successful. It happened on Sunday in SeaTac. And in this case, four men, all in masks, tried to carjack this poor woman who spoke anonymously to Cairo 7 TV. Four masked men got out, one holding a gun, and he was waving the gun. And I saw the gun and I said, oh my gosh, that's a gun. And I ducked down and I put it in first gear and took off. She took off. Now, it was at that point that someone from the group of carjackers shot at her car. She heard it. And I imagine from her perspective, ducking and then flooring it, probably, probably stressful. Wondering what's going to happen, wondering if she's about to crash, wondering if one of those bullets is about to hit her. I was going very fast because I was hoping I could see a police officer somewhere. They chased me for a good five or six miles. Five or six miles. Let that sink in. Five or six miles without a cop anywhere in sight, a deputy anywhere in sight, a trooper anywhere in sight. Now, that should tell you the state of staffing. That should tell you how bad it is. And by the way, this wasn't even the only incident in SeaTac. That day, there was another carjacking incident similar to this that happened. Now, the Renton PD have been tracking the trend. They had one incident in their city. Detective Robert Onishi says that when you get into some of these accidents, we're now in a position where you got to just start to trust your instinct if something feels a little fishy. We can figure out what's normal and what's not and what's a bad situation and what's a good situation. So trust that. Trust that. Now, I I said this last week and it almost sounds like a joke, but I'm not kidding. I mean, we're at a point where we might end up seeing potential uh, reverse hit and runs. You're the victim of someone hitting you and you just flee. Because I imagine the more this news gets out there, the more these incidents get reported, the more freaked out people are going to be totally justifiably so. And the whole randomness of this is what should be alarming. It could happen to you. 
There was not a single person who got involved in these carjackings that said to themselves, you know what, today I'm probably going to get carjacked. No one started the day thinking that something like this could happen. But when you live in a state where there is a culture of lawlessness, where you have a crime surge that is simply out of control, that is being underreported in most cases, because I'm willing to bet there are a whole bunch of crimes that aren't being reported at all to police. This is what ends up happening. This is the next devolution, de-evolution of our society. And there's no sense that anyone in a position of power is taking it seriously. I hear folks on the right calling it out, saying it's serious. I hear that all the time. I'm not hearing that from folks on the left who are actually in charge, who are responsible for the policies that I believe have led to this. All of this is happening because of political decisions that have been made, made in our name. We didn't make them. Voters did, though, overall. Not you, not the ones who are listening to me. Maybe some of you got confused into voting for someone who ends up pushing us in this down this path. But the fact of the matter is, these are political decisions that are being made. And that means the crime crisis that we're currently experiencing, the extent that we're currently experiencing, is a choice. These are policy choices. Now, the good news is we can make a different choice. We can go down a different path. We can rescind a lot of the policies, the laws, the strategies. We can boot from office the people who are responsible. But that is not easy work. And for the folks who want to pretend that all is well, the dum-dum on Twitter who will say, it's not as bad, you're just making it up for Fox News. You're just desperate to get on television. Understand that none of us who have lived here just for the last, just throw in 10 years, the last decade. Do you remember a time in which we've been having these kinds of brazen crimes happening in the middle of the day all across the region? Do you remember any of this happening before the so-called criminal justice reforms of the BLM movement in 2020 and the subsequent moves. Could you remember an instance in which anything like this happened before? Sure, we of course we had crime. We had crime all the time in different parts of the, the region. Crime happens. We get it. Big crime, little crime. But at the end of the day, do you recall this brazen crime and when you saw stories of criminal behavior in the past were you able to pinpoint specifically why it occurred like a law that 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 might have inspired it or made it easier could you have done that but can you do it now yeah that should tell you something crime begets crime And soon it's going to impact you or someone you know. And unfortunately for too many people in this region who have been so blinded by ideology, who have been shamed into being an unapologetic Democrat, Democrat till I die. Well, unfortunately, it might become a reality. You might actually become a Democrat and then die. If that sounds too harsh, yeah, take a look at what's going on. 
Take a look at what's going on. And there's no more just hiding. I left Seattle because of all that craziness. I moved to to SeaTac, which is a weird place to move if you want to get rid of craziness. But you need to go with me. I mean, for in fairness, it's not Tuck Willow. I'm, well, I'm not even going to pretend to be kidding about that. I was serious. But that's based on decisions that have been made politically and the power is in our hands and no one seems to be willing to do anything at the leadership level. So it's on all of us. We either step up and change things or we start wearing bulletproof vests, start making sure that we don't drive on highways or in areas that where we've seen this being reported. So uh, unincorporated Kent, stay at home. Don't drive because I saw this happening there. Covington, stay home. Don't drive. Take the bus. Yeah. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? Back the blue. The group, I believe, to have leaked the controversial body cam footage of that cop mocking lawyers. They are now calling for the officer who was doing the mocking to be placed on unpaid leave because if the CPC, the Community Police Commission, if they don't like something, well, they pretend the issue is settled. A group of anti-cop activists who have been empowered by the city to provide civilian oversight. They're out there saying that Dan Otterer, this officer, who's also a vice pre- the vice president of the Seattle Police Officers Guild, because he was mocking lawyers dismissing the life of John V. Candula. She was struck and killed by a police cruiser, not Dan Otterer. He was not driving. But because they are upset that he was mocking the lawyers, and they've been behind, I think, a lot of the misleading media coverage, well, they want to have him lose his livelihood. Now, I think the media in general, and not just locally but nationally, did its best to gin up more controversy than necessary on this particular story because they decided to withhold the context of the comments that were made and they withheld the context for a very long time. And it led to the rallies. It led to the vandalism. It led to the vile anti-police rhetoric. And then of course they would highlight those rallies and marches in the media Rallies not by concerned community members, but fringe socialists, the Shama Sawant crowd, the ones who weirdly made this about capitalism and not about Kandula, or to quote some of the folks who went there, that victim whose name I can't pronounce or spell. Because let's be honest, I don't really care about her. I just want to go against capitalism and imperialism and colonialism, and somehow that's related to what happened. Just go with me and shut up. Now, you didn't hear those speeches on TV. You didn't see them quoted in newspapers or heard them on radio shows. Unless you listen to KTTH, I suppose. You didn't get it in local coverage. You got it from Jonathan Cho because he happened to be down there during one of the speeches. I would have been down there, but it was happening right when the show was on. But I was at some of the other rallies, and I captured some of that that I tweeted Screaming F the police. Is that what normal everyday citizens who felt called to do something chant? No, of course not. That's what the BLM, Antifa, and their enablers crowd does. Now, last night, 
was a reaction or a consequence of that kind of media coverage. It was a massive response to the West Precinct in Seattle downtown because some lunatic left a bucket of white powder outside of the building. The hazmat unit was there. They did what they could. They determined, thankfully, it was not serious. It was just laundry detergent. But clearly the intent here was to freak people out. Now, hoping to keep this story alive is the Community Police Commission, the CPC. And like I said, they want to have Dan Otterer, the officer, put on unpaid leave. Why? Here's Reverend Patricia Hunter, who's the co-chair. I want to know, what is the context uh, that makes uh, that thinking and those words okay? We gave you the context. If you don't believe there can ever be context that made the language okay, then just say that. But stop pretending that we don't know the context. And with respect, Como TV, perhaps you should immediately cut that clip from your piece because we do know the context. Maybe just say, hey, I, I let's just be clear on what you're saying. We know the context. Here's the context, Patricia. Excuse me, Reverend Hunter. Now, can you give me a comment? I'll put that into the, the three-minute piece. We know the context. I told you the context. The officer told you the context. That's the context. He was mocking lawyers who were going to dismiss the value of her life so that from a city perspective, they wouldn't have to give a huge paycheck to the family. That's it. Just say you don't care about the context or it doesn't matter. Any kind of joke like that at the expense of scummy lawyers is okay with you. Just say that. But no, they want to pretend that we don't have the context. Because then it forwards their agenda. You've got Joel Merkel, who's the co-chair of the CPC. He spoke with our sister station, Cairo News Radio. We have concerns about his ability to equitably, accurately, and without bias do his job to investigate cases. And and that really uh, causes some concern for public safety. What should cause concern for public safety is that people like this are in positions of power over people in public safety. What in God's name does this have anything to do with equity? With bias. What's the equity in bias? Is he against victims? What What is the equity argument here? Oh, because Kandula was Indian. A fact that the cop had no clue about. He didn't know a name. He didn't even have her age right. All he knew was that it was a female victim. That's it. That's it. Oh, well, this raises concerns about equity. I'm not entirely sure how, but I know that I'm supposed to frame everything through the lens of equity because that pulls well with the progressive population of Seattle. Equity, equity, equity. But again, he's lying to you. He wants you to think that this has anything to do with her race or ethnicity. It does not. It does not. But he puts it out there anyway because he knows it's going to get people mad. He knows it helps him with his end goal. And he's, of course, too much of a coward to ever talk to people who disagree with him, who might actually challenge some of the nonsense that he puts out there. Producer Max, is he coming on the show? He is not. Okay. Weird how that is. But he knows he can do these little clips in news coverage. And not get challenged because you don't challenge people in news coverage. It's news coverage. It's not an opinion show. But God forbid he actually answers some of the questions or respond to some of the criticisms. He's not going to because he is an ideologue and he has one job here. 
He wants to get rid of, chip away any trust in police, police individuals, officers, police departments, agencies. That's his goal here. That's it. It is not about making us safer. It's about abolishing police. And the radical left have been on this for a very long time. They started to talk about it in a very big way out in 2020 after George Floyd was killed. The Joel Merkels of the world are out there hoping that you fall for this because they have a political agenda. And it's on all of us to make sure that he doesn't get away with it. It's for us to ensure that people actually know what happened. I've got the story of what happened on my blog at KTTH.com. You can text the keyword rants to 1-800-465-8770, and I'll send you a link. It's there. It's got the audio. It's got the context. It's got the complaint that the officer filed against himself saying, I'll take any punishment, but here's the context. Which, again, weirdly doesn't really get hammered down in news coverage or from comments by people like Joel Merkel. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? The environment. So it's good news for slobs. You don't have to shower for a bit. You can maybe, you know, take a shower once every few days. That might be what SPU is promoting, Seattle Public Utilities. They're saying to the 1.5 million customers... You got to voluntarily use less water until it starts to rain again in the fall. We had a quote unquote unusually dry summer. And now they're saying we're going to have a dry fall because hashtag climate change or something. So now they want you to stop using water as much as you've been using because they're running short. They're in there, they're officially in their. Water shortage contingency plan, which is just a voluntary reduction that no one will voluntarily reduce, except for the slobs who already, let's be honest, don't shower every single day. But now they can feel like heroes for choosing not to. How long do you take in the shower? Are you like a 15 minute shower guy or are you like a get in, get out like two minutes, three minutes? Like what's a what's the shortest shower you could take? And still accomplish everything you need to accomplish. If I don't have to shave three minutes and 45 seconds to five minutes, it depends. It's usually a song. Okay. That makes, I was like, why that unit of time? But that makes sense. Only if I don't have to shave and this is just a quick refresher, right? Where I'm not sweaty because of anything or I'm not dirty because of anything specific. I mean, other than my soul, I just hop (laughs) in and kind of hop out. Now, For the most part, if I have to shave, it's going to take me probably a total of 15 minutes because the shaving itself is a process. And then, of course, the shampoo, which I take very seriously because my hair is one feature that I love about myself in addition to all the other features that I love about myself. And conditioning, that's an extra three minutes to five minutes. Sometimes if I have a, a hair mask that I put on, a conditioner mask to do detox on my scalp, that will take at least seven minutes. So, you know, I do, I'm efficient, so I'll shampoo. Well, first I'll wash my face, and then I'll shampoo. Then I'll take it all off, and then I'll put in the conditioner. Then I will shave, 
And so the conditioner, which has to be on, I'm teaching you things for obvious reasons here, five to seven <laughs> minutes while I'm then shaving. So it all matches up. But then I have different soap for different body parts. Wow. I have tools that I use, like I'll floss a water flosser I'll use in the shower because otherwise you can't do it without getting stuff all over the place. Wow. You you have uh, some advanced processes. I finally got that ear cleaner where it shoots the water in different directions in your ear because it freaked me out every time I saw the commercial on Fox News as I was seated, seated in the Fox News at night studio. That was always that for some reason that was always on right before my hit, and it made me uncomfortable to the point where I now had to try it. I was so tempted to know what it felt like, and then I put it in, and then I was like, "This is the most amazing feeling in the world." And then I Googled it to only find out doctors say you probably shouldn't do it because it can cause some damage. But now I'm addicted to the feeling that it gives me, and so now I still have to do it. Does it make it feel like your ears full of water after you use it? No, not at all. Interesting. It hits. I can see how how, you you could get addicted to that. So you know how a dog, when you're scratching it right on its like its spine and its leg starts to. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It feels like you're a dog with perfect scratch location and the leg is start to doing that gyrating thing. That's what it feels like. But in the ear. Wow. It's a party in your ear. That sounds that sounds intense. And everyone is invited. So stop using so much water. They give you some specific. Uh, they say stop watering lawns. That sounds very eco friendly. Take shorter or fewer showers. See, I didn't make it up. Take Bathe, fewer. They want you to smell showers. Ugh. The people who are okay with taking fewer showers are already taking fewer showers, and it has not <laughs> made a dent. In the crisis, 1-800-465-8770. It is Thursday, which means we have a video up. I take you through the litter crisis and how the state of Washington is pretending the homeless are not responsible at all. That video is brought to you by your local tax expert and advocate, Greg Nunn and Nunn Better Tax Resolution. When we come back, oh, look at that. All of a sudden, the Democrats are all like, well, then. I guess we do have a migrant crisis, but hey, 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 it's definitely not Biden's problem. We're going to get into that when we come back. You're listening to The Jason Rant Show. Welcome back to The Jason Rant Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I definitely appreciate it. What's been curious to this day is that and i really am kind of amazed that people are still getting away with this on other media outlets but other than fox news pretty much no one is paying attention to what's going on at the border and really it's in in fairness i should say conservative media is focused on what's going on at the border the illegal crossings that are out of control. If you go onto some websites for left-wing media, you'll get some coverage. It's kind of hard to actually navigate to the actual stories. If if you know where to look, you can find it. But television-wise, they're just not covering it because it hurts Joe Biden. It hurts the Democrats. You had a point in which just the other day, there were, uh, it was Sunday, it was 7,500 illegal crossings that we know about. Monday it was eight it was over eight thousand. On Tuesday it was over eight thousand. 
we're, we're getting back to those record highs. And by the way, we're already at record highs and we continue to be, but there was a point where everyone was like, I, I think all of South America, Latin America is, is coming over the border at the exact same time. It was pretty remarkable that folks weren't covering it then, and it's still shocking they're not really covering it now, except you've now got some Democrats who are forcing the coverage. It's a little bit disingenuous because no one seems to be willing to say it's because we have a porous border, because the Biden administration is making this choice, because we have a border czar who's just totally incompetent. But they are saying something because it's now hurting them politically. For example... In Chicago, you've got a whole bunch of people who have stepped up. Residents said, this is too much. You can't keep allowing migrants to come into our community. You're giving them our resources. And we right now are starved for resources. And then, of course, you have what's going on in New York. And they're getting some 100,000 plus migrants so far. And just the other week, you had Eric Adams taking the very dramatic position of you are destroying New York City. This will destroy it. But he still won't call out Joe Biden. He'll ask for more resources, but he won't place the blame on the Biden administration, nor will he place the blame on Democrat policy. You still get the whole, it's MAGA Republicans. It's like, how, how are you blaming this on MAGA Republicans? That doesn't even make sense. But they're doing that anywhere. Anyway, and now... No one wants, again, no one on the left wants to call this out, but the folks who are Democrat lawmakers impacted by this only speaking up because it's hurting them in the polls, they are speaking precisely the same way as Republicans did, only when Republicans said what Democrats are now saying, they were called xenophobes. You just hate brown people, those MAGA Republicans. Here, for example, is Kathy Hochul. She's the governor of New York. She was on CNN last night. But we have to let the word out that when you come to New York, we're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. But the smarter thing is to apply for asylum before you leave your country, and then you'll have a different experience when you arrive. But we're just trying to deal with the crisis we have right now. So, no, that's not actually the smarter move. It's the safer move. It's not the smarter move. If you just go over the border and turn yourself in, you are then just released. And you don't have to worry about anything. There's no line for you to get into. This is all you have to do. But let's be clear about something. Go somewhere else. We can't handle this. What's the difference between that language and the pleading coming from Republican mayors and governors saying, we can't handle this influx, please do something? What's the difference? The difference is the reaction. The difference is in a CNN interview, a Democrat says that and they just move on. They accept it. A Republican says it. Wow. You, why do you hate brown people so much? Why do, why do you hate? These people, they're just looking for a better life. These are totally 100% legitimate asylum seekers. Didn't you know that? Well, no, they're not. Not really. I mean, I certainly know that they want a better life, and I would want to come to the United States, even under Democrat rule. It hasn't gotten as bad as it's become in a lot of other countries. But these are not legitimate asylum seekers. Wanting a better life is not a legitimate reason to ask for asylum. It is unbelievable. 
And the spin and the gaslighting coming from the White House is just nauseating. Earlier today, I felt just out of nowhere. I felt nauseous, Max. And usually it's a sign that you haven't gotten into the office, but you're nearby. It wasn't. You were already here. (laughs) And I couldn't figure out why I was legitimately. I was like, I think I'm going to puke. I felt like really crappy. And then I realized I had just listened to a clip of Pierre, uh, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, trying to defend their actions at the border. And I said to myself, actually, that that's why I felt sick. And then I, I, I dry heave three more times. As you know, the president has taken action upon action to try and deal what is happening at the border. Uh, historic action. Historic action? How is this historic action? Historic action to let people in? Trump took historic action. He at least attempted to build the wall, and he certainly did a good job of keeping a huge number of migrants out of this country, coming into this country illegally. He was very successful there. We had great numbers under Donald Trump. In fact, I would argue you had great numbers under Obama. That was the one thing there were some progressives who were getting upset with his administration. He was deporting people at record numbers, certainly by Democrat standards. And the hardcore progressives were pretty ticked off about that. But please tell us how he's been amazing at the border. Without the help of Congress. And so we have asked over and over again to do this in a bipartisan way, which is why the president, his first piece of legislation was to deal with the immigration system. And he want and understanding how uh, critical that is it was to do that, and so we have taken actions. We have taken multiple actions. What actions have you taken? Historic actions, yeah. But what were those historic actions? They were actions that were historic. Didn't you hear me? Did you notice that she didn't say anything specific? She just said words. She just said we did things. I'm not going to tell you what, but we did things. What have been the results of these quote unquote historic actions? Record numbers of people coming into this country illegally. And at what point, Edward Lawrence asked from Fox Business, at what point will you say enough is enough? We have to stop the flow. How many people come, how many people illegally coming into the United States is enough for President Biden's Enough for what? 5.9 million people have been encountered illegally. I know the numbers, but enough for what? Enough just to stop the flow. As I mentioned, this is a problem that's been around for some time now, for decades, a broken system. Oh, my God. It's just so lazy. And anyone who just regurgitates that silly talking point and plays it on air without at least hearing from folks like Edward Lawrence, a reporter, their friend of the show, who pushes back and says, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. And please spare me this. Oh, I know the numbers. No, you don't know the numbers. If you knew the numbers, you wouldn't be bragging about your record. You would be embarrassed. You wouldn't even go up to the podium. You would say, <coughs> I'm not feeling good today. Why don't we go send up uh, that other person? Ah, Whatever his name is, no one cares. You wouldn't go up there and read from your silly little book, your little pamphlet, your little binder of, of talking points. In this case, talking points that haven't been updated for two and a half years. Historic record at the board. What are you talking about? Who falls for this? And I, I, I'm getting, I find myself getting just more and more annoyed. And I'm already like my level of annoyance on a scale of one to 10 is what, Max? 13. 13. I was going to go 17, but fine. You've been staying away lately. Smart of you because it has been at a 17. I've been busy kicking him out of my office. 
But the fact of the matter is, I keep hearing them just flat out lying. It's it's not even spin at this point. It's just a lie. And the way that they get away with this, how they get away with this is by hoping that mainstream media outlets don't tell you the truth. And as much as Fox News is telling you the truth or Newsmax is telling you the truth or this show is telling you the truth, the vast majority of this country does not watch Fox News or Newsmax. They do subscribe to this podcast. Kudos to them. Thank you for that. Uh, and if you're not one of them, KTTH.com or wherever it is you get your podcast. But the fact of the matter is this information, the truth is not getting out to people. And unless they know what's going on, nothing is going to change. Again, it's why I wrote the book, What's Killing America. You can Google it. You can get it wherever it is you get books and read all about it. The fact of the matter is not enough is being done to tell people. That is a failure of media. And frankly, that is a failure of a lot of us for not doing enough to tell people the truth. Pick a topic that you're really, really passionate about, an issue. We talked in the last segment about crime, right? We talked about the, the carjackings. We talked about this attack, the smear against a police officer. We talk on the show a lot about homelessness, drug use, transportation issues, sound transit being the absolute worst. Whatever that issue is that's really important to you or issues, ask yourself what you're doing to make sure that the truth is getting in front of more people. And really, that could be as simple as sending out a tweet or an email or a text message to someone. Say, hey, did you see this? You got to check out this video of migrants streaming across the border. Did you see this story out of New York about how they're overrun with migrants? Did you see what's going on in Chicago? You see what happened in Denver and how they're just bussing people out? That's a failure on our part. We need to do more. It's true. But the good news is you put in a little bit of work, all of us putting in just a little bit of work collectively, that actually means something. And then we start to see results. And we've seen success stories when communities come together. Now, for us here in Washington State or for anyone who's listening outside of Washington but not inside of New York or Illinois right now, yeah, immigration is going to be a difficult issue for us to make any meaningful change, but I'm willing to bet we could put a lot of information out there that could eventually get in front of people who can come together and push back. It's better than doing nothing, and right now, too many people are doing nothing except complaining about what's going on. 1-800-465-877 if you want to send me a text on our Facebook page. I've got a video up. It's brought to you by your local tax expert and advocate, Greg Nunn, and None Better Tax Resolution. This time I take you through the ridiculous position of the Washington State Department of Ecology claiming our litter problem has nothing to do with the homeless. Just like our immigrant problem has nothing to do with our open border. You're listening to The Jason Rancho. For a doctor to text in, listening to the Jason Rand Show, the number is 1-800-465-8770. I'm not going to check, so you could even lie to me and pretend to be a doctor if you really want to screw with me. 
1-800-465-8770. Something happened to me last night that I think maybe is connected to why I was so nauseous today. I didn't make that up. I was legitimately nauseous all of a sudden. Is it because you smelled something funny on the bus? No, that that is true, but that did in fact happen. Wait, no, did that? No, it didn't happen today because I, oh, wow. I Fox drove me to work today. Uh. So last night, about 10 o'clock, and I'm usually in bed by 10. I go to sleep at about 11-ish or so. I try to. And I'm laying in bed. I think I told people yesterday I've been watching Boy Meets World. I'm doing the whole seasons, every season. I think there's only seven because there's a podcast that's hosted by three of the stars. And I just, it's, I'm reliving my horrible childhood again because I hate myself. And I'm just, you know, that's my life. And sounds enjoyable. At about 10 o'clock, I was so tired. Not the normal kind of tired, but the exhausted kind of tired where it's almost like you're so tired you can't fall asleep because it takes too much energy to fall asleep tired. I know what you mean. Right? And I go to bed. I get comfortable. Nice temperature. Everything was was the way it's supposed to be. And I fall asleep, but it was me asleep while awake. And I had sleep paralysis. I don't know if people have ever had that or know what it is. It is when you cannot move or speak, but you are awake and alert. Or you're somewhere in between that, but you're clearly aware that you cannot move and you cannot say anything. You cannot scream like, what is happening to me? You can't do anything. And I don't know how long it lasted. It felt like it lasted a long time. It probably was 30 seconds to maybe a minute, maybe. Maybe it was like five seconds, but to me, it was much longer. I could not move, and I was awake, and I was looking at the window, and I couldn't. Everything was frozen. It was total paralysis. And then suddenly, I snapped out of it, and I was like, oh, my God, what the hell was that? I was like, oh, my God. And I grabbed my phone, but I... Ended up throwing it across the room because I was so crazed after this. I couldn't find the phone, and then I had to turn on the lights again, and that screwed everything up. Then I found the phone, and then I was trying to figure out what in God's name just happened to me. And it is, in fact, sleep paralysis. First, I looked up nighttime terror. I don't know why that was the first thing that came <laughs> up to me. But then I was like, I think I've heard about this before. It was sleep paralysis or nighttime paralysis, something like that. And so I looked it up, and it basically said that it's totally normal. That it can happen to people from time to time. They say, you know, any individual, you know, it'll, it's likely to happen one or, or two times in their lifetime. It doesn't happen often, but if it does, don't worry. It's totally normal in most circumstances, unless, you know, you're suffering from whatever it happens to be, long list of things. And I looked at that and, and telling me it's normal is supposed to make me feel better. But it had the opposite effect. Because if that's normal, I don't want to go back to sleep. I don't want to experience that again. That was horrible. And I can't remember if I've had this before, if it was a dream I've had this before. But I think this is the second time. So if at number three, does that mean I'm going to die? What does that mean? It was so uncomfortable and freaky. And I'd love it if a doctor would at least tell me, Either way, and I'll trust whatever it is you text me. 
If you're telling me I'm going to die, okay, I'm going to live like there's no tomorrow. And that just means I'll have sushi from 7-Eleven, I guess. I, you well, know, it's just, yeah, no, I would never eat that. 1-800-465-8770. Now, I, we got a text that said, I experienced the same thing yesterday, yesterday evening, though no paralysis. So then you did not actually <laughs> experience the same thing that I experienced because mine was very, very, so- very specific. But you were f- fully conscious, fully aware, or were I you in that like that, that grog state it was where both. everything's really confusing? It was both because I was tired, but I could tell I was awake and unable to move. And it was the weirdest feeling I've ever recalled having. And it was weird because I felt going in to to sleep like i felt something was already off because of how tired i was and maybe that was a part of maybe that exhaustion was a part of the paralysis that your whole body is basically shutting down while still keeping you alive obviously i was able to breathe but i couldn't do anything and so i'm looking up just sleep paralysis it's a temporary loss of muscle control just after falling asleep or before waking up it said it frequently involves hallucin- hallucinations or a feeling of suffocation. I didn't have the suffocation. I do think I had the hallucinations. But also that could have been dropping acid before going to bed. I made that up. Don't worry. No one knows exactly what causes sleep paralysis, but it is linked to sleep disorders and certain mental health conditions. What mental health condition do I now have? Narcissism. That's not a mental health condition that I acknowledge. <laughs> no, I do acknowledge I'm a narcissist, but I don't I don't think that that's anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. And so now I don't know what to do. So feel free to text me and freak me out. 1-800-465-8770. 1-800-465-8770. Someone from the 206, 206 says it's also referred to as night terror. So maybe I did have that right. 